1: Learn more at marines.com. Hello and welcome to the post-Minnesota Vikings-New York Giants Purple Daily Podcast. Matthew Collar, Judd Zolgad in New York. And well, Judd, though your uh, reporting on the Minnesota Twins was more on the downside after losing two playoff games, the Minnesota Vikings did not disappoint their fans. They went to New York and they got the job done exactly as they were supposed to against the Giants.
0: Yeah, I've got one question. I mean, I read your stuff all week, colour. I have no idea what was wrong. I mean, this passing game is clicking perfectly. <laughs> Thielen's catching balls. Jake says, Jake says he's happy. Delvin Cook—he's not like running; he's catching. You know I get there and all I do I must solve problems because there was nothing there were no glitches offensively that for the most part I could find today it looks so good well I can't think of any calamity
1: in Minnesota sports that has ever followed you so um, (laughs) yeah maybe it is that you're resolving the the uh, problems here Jed well I mean they start the game right off by getting a pass to Stefan Diggs so they did not ignore him but largely Adam Thielen has the bigger day and yes like you Judd I I was chuckling to myself about everyone saying, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Kirk, <laughs> it kind of funny in the locker room when he was talking about, you know, playing with star receivers before And you're like, wait a minute, what are you trying to get at by saying that? And he was sort of defensive about the implication that he wasn't getting along with Stefan Diggs or Adam Thielen specifically, but 22 for 27 on the day, two touchdowns, 138 quarterback rating cousins played about as well as he has ever played as a Minnesota Viking today, Judd.
0: Yes. And so, and that's all, that's all great. And for today, I I can't say I'm totally surprised that the Giants, I mean, Vikings fans aren't going to like this, Matthew, but let's call a spade a spade. The Giants are terrible. So I guess my question off this game is, okay, the offense is for now back on track. So calamity crisis for this week averted as they prepare for uh, Philadelphia next Sunday. Um, but I feel about this game sort of like I did about the Oakland game, which is, I'm not sure I learned a ton. Like, again, I know Thielen's really, really good. And so when he plays against a team that uh, tries to single cover him, and when Cousins throws him the ball and he's open or there's a little bit of separation, he's going to catch it. You know, I know Harrison Smith is really good. I I saw some things actually today on the positive side from Mike Hughes that I probably have not seen before that, that impressed me. But just the overall takeaway is, okay, This is a game, again, and the Vikings have been presented, in my opinion, three of these games that they should win, that they should play well, and they did, but I'm still waiting for that game where I say, okay, now, now, okay, that's really impressive. And it's not their fault, but again, the Giants are in probably a fairly – significant line of uh, teams in this league right now that just aren't good and to the Vikings credit they beat those teams and they make it look fairly simple I think yeah
1: and that's what's difficult about this Minnesota Vikings team when we talk about them to make it clear that the reason that we set the bar high and talk about these putrid teams that they're beating the tar out of I mean I will give Oakland credit even though it was in London they beat the Chicago Bears so good job to Oakland and they've bounced back from their Vikings game so maybe that win actually looks a little better. The Atlanta win looks a little worse and I'm guessing that this Giants win won't ultimately look like it was some grand victory though I did see some nice things from Daniel Jones but they came in allowing the second most yards per attempt in the passing game in the NFL. So my expectation was 300 yards for them. And with the amount of talent that they have, they just couldn't continue to rank 31st in the NFL. And that's where the criticism comes with the passing game is how in the world were you not effective against green Bay at all against Chicago at all when you have, all of this talent, two elite wide receivers, one of the best running backs in the NFL, two tight ends who can play like you should be performing better than this. And Kirk Cousins admitted last week that he missed a lot of open shots and things like that, that he didn't do today because he had a lot more time in the pocket. He wasn't pressured. It wasn't a hostile environment. There weren't great players on the other side. I'm just going to go ahead and throw it out there, Judd, that Jabril Peppers might be the only good player on that defense for the New York Giants. I mean, legit legitimately game-breaking type of player and he made a great play but everybody else was extremely mediocre on their side and that's exactly what I expected to happen when you have a really great team with lots of talent and a completely mediocre defense with also a defensive coordinator who might not have a clue what to do I mean When you have third down and four in the red zone and you decide that you're going to put a single high safety up there and you're not going to double Thielen and Diggs, you're just going to let Thielen in the slot have a two-way go. You don't know what you're doing. I mean, they were so obsessed with Cook, who still went off on them either way, that they were following him every time on these play actions. They were giving Cousins all sorts of time rolling out. They were missing assignments on the crossing routes, which is things that the Vikings do every single week. The Bears didn't do that stuff. The Packers largely didn't do that stuff against the Vikings passing game. They had answers, but they also had talent. So that's why it has to be graded a little bit differently. Like when you go 22 for 27 for over 300 yards against the defense that their defensive coordinator is clueless and their talent is extremely mediocre. I mean, I I can't really put Cousins in the Hall of Fame for the performance. I can only say... Hey, you did exactly what you were supposed to do.
0: And and the Vikings are very good at taking advantage. And Matthew, we saw this against Oakland as well. If you're going to let Cousins roll out and bootleg, right, and you're not going to come at him, they're going to kill you that way. And so they did. And so, yeah, I just – and I'm not trying to downplay the win and I'm not trying to downplay the offensive performance because after – Last week, I don't care if you played a high school team, you had to bounce back. I mean, last week was really bad. Chicago was really good defensively, but that was embarrassing. Uh, so I'm not trying, I'm not trying to minimize the win. What I'm saying is it much like we talked about on the uh, podcast after the Oakland game. If you ask me right now, so what's your takeaway? What, what do you think for Philadelphia? I can't really tell you. I mean, I'd like to see more of this, but I've got to see cousins and this offense consistently tested by good defenses and Oakland and now in week three didn't qualify and the Giants today at home and by the way these poor Giants fans I mean they don't deserve this this team is awful but you know it, it's a nice it's a nice win it's a road win but as far as saying to yourself okay this proves that um, that Thielen is going to now be back in and no, no question against a good defense he's going to be successful all the time and again you know and Diggs is you can't say that we the last two wins to me confirm a lot of things that we know, but I want to now see those things that we know. I want to see them executed against top-notch defenses. And until that takes place, it's hard to uh, to uh, pass judgment and, and say this is for you know this is tangible, this is real. We don't know know that yet. But to go back to your point, you're right. This team's good. That's the thing. That's the frustration here. If this was just a sort of a bad team, you'd be like, okay, who cares? But this Vikings team has talent. And defensively, guess what? They're still really good. And so that's why you would really like to see them put together a streak of games against really good teams where you say, okay, now this means something. And and a playoff one? Could be realistic right now. I still can't say that.
1: Right, and and that's why I wanted to to put it that way. Is like, look, we grade them differently than you might grade a team that you thought was a seven and nine or eight and eight team. This is not a seven and nine or eight and eight team in my mind. It, not with the talent that they have, especially on the defensive side, but also with all the weapons and the investments on the offensive line that they've put into it and the coaching staff they have, uh, and the quarterback that they've paid a lot of money for. Like this, all says you should be ten and six, eleven and five, twelve and four like that's where we should set the bar for you at the beginning of the year so when you go to new york and blast their face in, you go okay well good for you congratulations that's exactly what should happen because the giants would be lucky to get to five or six wins and the games that they have won i mean they beat washington congratulations on that uh, a yeah. missed a missed field goal was the reason that they beat uh, lost uh, or that they beat tampa bay at the end their kicker just shanked one and they allowed a ton of points in that game too and so i i can't really take this seriously as like a big time victory for the vikings rather like you said one that they just really needed to have because of all the things that happened this week and this team did the same thing last year we were talking about how things are falling apart they're melting down and oh here comes the new york jets and arizona cardinals judd i think with teams approaches to team building and things like that what we have more and more often is teams that have no chance against better teams, right? Like, so when you have yes. the, the Miami Dolphins, or when you have Washington, or you have Arizona, or you have Cincinnati, like, I, I think that the bad teams used to be a little bit better when everyone was still trying, but I'm not sure everybody is still trying. And then they had no Saquon Barkley, then they have no backup running back, Wayne Gallman, who's actually pretty good. He gets hurt he right away. And, yep, and, and, and then a couple of throws by Daniel Jones are on the money that his receivers can't bring in. I mean, it was kind of everything going wrong the one area that i would like to mention is something that cousins focused on um after the game which was the red zone and this has just been a major issue for him during his career and once again today this they could have blown the absolute doors off of the giants if they had been able to finish some of those drives
0: yeah and they you know it it occurred to me I think I was uh, texting with you during the course of the second quarter, Matthew, and it occurred that, you know, this game should have been at half, what, 24 to 7? And and keep in mind, that 7 came as a product of the fact that the Giants, and I don't know who does this in 2019, but the Giants' return man brought the ball out from two yards deep in the end zone and got 52 yards. Yeah, And so, yeah, I mean, I, I looked up at halftime, if I hadn't, Look at the score, and you would just said, hey, "Yeah, okay, you've been watching this game. What's the score?" I would have said, "Well, oh, it's thirty-one to seven or something." It wasn't, but yeah. And here, here's the thing, too. So the Vikings made some mistakes. The Giants capitalized on like one or two, but for the most part, they just didn't. I, I mean, they gave up a safety after Dalvin Cook fumbled at the five, and the ball rolled to the one, and they recovered. They gave up a safety, and I felt like the Giants, like lots of teams probably do in 2019, sort of just said, "Okay, we're done." Didn't you? Yeah. I just felt yeah, like. I, I just felt like there there was this you know what that mistake ah we're just done I mean who gives up who gets the momentum who the bleeping momentum of a of of stop or basically a fumble at the one and then our guy Shermer calls for a run play and it's not like like the running back almost got out. He was tackled two yards deep. Yeah, and
1: it's not so, like you're talking about an average defensive line. You're talking no. about a front seven that's as good as anybody in the league. And Anthony um,
0: Barr shot right through through there, and they never had a chance.
1: And 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 that happened a bunch of times throughout the day where it seemed like they didn't have their protection set correctly or something else like that, which might be the rookie quarterback. or it, I mean, their offensive line is supposed to be pretty decent, but it's not decent against Daniil Hunter and Everson Griffin. And if you make a mistake, Barr's going to get there. So, um, Correct. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see why their offense had trouble moving the ball. Um, even with Daniel Jones making some good throws. But I want to go back and focus on a few things on the offensive side, Judd, that I do think they can continue to do. Now, I don't think when you play a good team, 6.3 yards per attempt is really going to happen with Delvin Cook all the time when you play good teams or over 200 yards on the ground. But I really like the screen passes to Delvin Cook, six for six, six receptions, six targets, 86 yards for Delvin Cook through the air. And that was something that just really didn't happen very much in the first few weeks that I think absolutely has to, if they're going to be um, an exciting passing game going forward in games that matter.
0: Yeah. And I I think if I'm correct about this, we discussed this extensively and you might've talked about this, I think on uh, your show uh, Purple Daily with Alex Boone. But that was th- that was the element that was probably missing the most. I, I apologize for the air- airport noise here. Um, that was the one that was missed, I believe, in uh, week two against the Packers, right? Where Dalvin Cook, where you said, where's this play? I mean, this play makes perfect sense. And Dalvin Cook, you know what? I mean, one of the attributes about this guy that separates him from a guy like Adrian Peterson, who was obviously very successful in his prime here, is is that he really can catch the ball. And yeah. he can run. And he's really good there. So yeah, I think that they are, I think that they are starting to incorporate some things that they probably should. I guess my question is this though: when they face a good defense again that can sniff those things out, and, and let's say they stop that two or three times, do they continue to try and try it or abandon it? Because it seems like if the Vikings uh, catch lightning in a bottle against a team's defense, that they will pound that, and that's fantastic. But it also seems like at times, if they don't, Matthew, that they sort of like, okay, that didn't work, and you want to say to them, no, no, no. The fact is, this team is good, but continue to do it because eventually if you pop it, it's going to work really well.
1: Yeah, and the execution on the screens was mostly easy for them. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like exactly. nobody nobody blew up the line of scrimmage. There was no Preston Smith or Zadarius Smith or, you know, Eddie Goldman or something right in Cousins face when he was dropping back and had to drop off those screens. He had all sorts of time to do right. that and and that was part of their success today. And then Delvin gets the ball, he could dodge tacklers. They looked like those linebackers were guys like who would be on the practice squad for the Vikings. I mean, they couldn't tackle. Sorry, but they they literally couldn't tackle. Um, They can't
0: tackle. That was embarrassing. I mean, there, there were times where cook literally looked like he was going to be down for sure. Right. Tackle for sure. Like you would have to work. It, it looked, it looked like at times the giants had been given a movie script, that said, okay, Dalvin Cook's starring in this film, so make it look like you're going to tackle him, <laughs> right. but look foolish doing it. Right. And they and they were very successful in, in uh, looking foolish doing it.
1: I think uh, what we see, though, is how accurate Kirk Cousins can be when he does get time to throw. And, and so my big question would be um, how often is he going to be able to get that time to throw when we're talking about going up against better teams? Because you almost have to do a little bit of the preseason analysis here with a game like this when the opponent just plays so poorly and you almost have to say, okay, now how's that going to work when we're talking about a much better team? And, and I think that the case would be um, they have to protect him more like this. It's not, it's not going to be perfect when you go against Philadelphia and they've got a great pass rush, but can you make it just remotely similar you know whether it's the strategy or whether it's people just playing better there were still some issues in the middle but a lot better pass protection and you can see what Kirk Cousins can do but also you add that to can he handle the pressure that's going to be on his back when you talk about you know big games that he always seems to feel that because it was clear that he knew right from the outset that the New York Giants were just not as good as the Minnesota Vikings.
0: No, and I don't know. You know what? I I'll say this for today: this did come at this team, and not for the defense, Matthew, but for the offense. This game came at the absolute perfect time. Yep. Because of what? Because of what goes on between Kirk's ears, a game like this. Because you're exactly right. Like I have no idea if this offensive line can protect him against a good deep against a good defense, and I have no idea if this game like translates and travels in, into uh, future weeks. Now, I can't tell you that. But what I can tell you is that Kirk Cousins and this offense, which again, I will continue to reiterate, is not the star of this team. It's supposed to do its job, but it's not supposed to be the star. Um, needed a game like this just to calm themselves, yep, right? Yep. Just to feel good about themselves. I mean, last week, last week, have, have you ever before seen a unit that, that is not the, that is not the starring unit of that team? have so much chaos? Like, if this was a defense, it would make sense, because you're like, this is the most important piece to the Vikings, to Zimmer, right, right? But instead, it was like, the offense is like, no, no, the the offense is supposed to do their job. Last week, they're supposed to score 17 points. So I think just for them to calm down, and I think just for them to get their bearings again, and and have, have have some success, and this almost minimizes it but I think it's almost good because it's just a positive step after a week of non-positive steps.
1: yeah and I also think too as much as I would not support fining players gigantic sums of money the $200,000 fine and the Vikings making it extremely maybe even excessively clear to the rest of the league they will not be trading this player they basically sent a message to Stefan Diggs like don't do this because we'll play hardball with you. We'll we'll find you. We will not trade you. We'll let you sit out. We're not going to walk away from a 26-year-old wide receiver who is a superstar in the NFL and a key part to our any chance that we have of being a successful team this year. They're just not going to do it and of course they shouldn't because Stefan Diggs is great at football. So if they have sent their message and he is moving on from the frustration that he had, is it right. going to pop up again but even if it does he kind of knows what's coming now and it's not very nice it's a big hit to his wallet and also i think they made it clear through the media to ian rapaport um, that they could have voided his guarantees so that's another thing like hey buddy we can void your guarantees here so um i don't know who structured the a contract where it's that easy to do that. All you have to do is skip one practice and you can void someone's guarantees. But, Antonio Brown, right? But right. It's, it's, it's very clear. And maybe this is in all of them. I don't know. It's very clear to him. Yeah. The message you're staying here. You're going to play for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, Judd, let me quick, because I know you got to get on a flight here. I want to run through just a, a few quick things. And then what your observation was about the post game locker room. Um, a good at football, like great story. A guy who, uh, you know, was cut a couple of times and just kept working and working and working, made some plays today. So I felt good for him because I've seen him in training camp for years, trying to make that type of progress. Um, I would say that, uh, Xavier Rhodes is a weekly adventure, right? Even against the team that is struggling and doesn't have the greatest weapons. It's always going to be something with Xavier Rhodes. And I wonder, don't you wonder if we get to a point where it's Mike Hughes, Mackenzie Alexander and Trey Waynes
0: um yes i do and here here's my question is are, are they going to um sabotage with roads in march and then try and keep weights too because xavier was you know land on the field again today and i thought he was going to be done but then i thought to myself well it's 29 he probably won't be in. sure enough he jogged back on and i'm not even full, i'm just saying it's the weekly thing and, and then he else got beat on that uh on the touchdown pass after the kickoff return that i think took the ball to midfield and if you saw that play he pulled he the old trick that he has successfully done for a long time of trying to grab the guy's belt a little bit but but my sense with Rhodes too is and this is such a small thing but it's enormous he's just lost that extra step Yep. like like he's and, and, and you know it's not that he is i wouldn't say he is slow now but he has lost that step and that's the step that takes you from being really probably pretty good to being elite and an all-pro type of player. Yeah. And he just doesn't have that now. So I don't think that – I don't know that you're going to see that change in the course – unless things really go south – in the course of the 2019 season. But I'm going to get into wonder into more when 2020 training camp starts, if it's going to be, uh, to your point um, – Alexander in the nickel, Hughes in Rhodes' old spot, and Wayne's coming back. Yeah, I wonder if
1: that happens if these struggles continue, because opponents seem to be picking on him quite a bit now, which we never would have dreamed of before. But now it seems like the game plan is to go after Xavier Rhodes because other teams don't believe that he has that same burst that he used to. Correct. Um, Under that same category of just... Things to mention: Dan Bailey made all of his kicks. Judd, I'm sure you were pleased to see that. And
0: in in MetLife Stadium, I know it's not, not always easy thing, easy thing to do. Be impressed, applaud to Dan Bailey.
1: I would also throw it out there that uh, BC Johnson, like looking pretty good. I mean, he was a guy that started okay. out slow in training camp, but has kind of emerged to if he's out there, you don't feel like it's a nobody. And it also, I would add to, it's kind of amazing that a seventh round pick guy. Who came from Colorado State immediately yep. better and more effective than LaQuan Treadwell was?
0: I've I've got a I've got a small scoop here, okay? Okay, a small, a small scoop. scoop. All right, tiny It's not scoop. a big scoop. Little scoop. Locker locker room. Stefan Diggs scuttlebutt though. and and it's actually important. What you just brought up, which is BC Johnson caught passes. I was told flat out. That Stefan Diggs does not have a problem with Cousins at all. And in fact, I asked Cousins' post game. I said, are, are you okay with Diggs? And he said, absolutely. And you know, it's a player talking about a player. So you're like, okay, I'm not quite sure. But I was told behind the scenes that Stefan Diggs problem is not with the quarterback at all. Stefan Diggs problem is the offense itself and what Kubiak and Stefanski have done and saying, you're not passing the football. And I signed here to catch the, the ball. So right. I think, I think today, today, Diggs' stats, I mean, Elon's stats were outstanding Dalvin Cook's stats were very good and, and I believe if I'm I'm not looking at stats right now, I think Diggs was third on the team in receptions today. but the point being is I think today was right or wrong a statement to Diggs not that you're going to be re- rewarded for not showing up for practices and meetings. it was the statement of no we are going to pass. And so so BC Johnson and Elon and and Diggs and Cook catching balls, was a statement of "we can pass," which, which is it sounds like Diggs was just upset that he basically looked and said, "It's now Dalvin Cook's show," and you know we're trying to run the ball circa nineteen eighty seven. What's that about? That was his gripe much more so than having a personal problem with uh, with the quarterback.
1: Yeah, which is kind of I mean it's been a little bit of my sense also. I, I've never felt like he hated Kirk Cousins um last year he was the one that was asking and begging in week 17 Kirk Cousins to trust him on the sideline throw it up to me trust me um but I also think too in in terms of factors of Stefan Diggs's upsetness that are not just illness Stefan come on man can't come out after the game and be like oh I was sick you guys had it all wrong you're the one who said there was truth to the rumors my man come on buddy come on you can't do that um but uh you know, I, I I always got the sense that he thinks that throwing him the football wins football games, and this is always a guy who has had fewer receptions than Adam Thielen, and Adam Thielen has always gotten the feature stories and everything else, and he always gets shouted out by the broadcast and talked about as the star more than Stefan Diggs. Uh, his fantasy numbers have always been better, though he's just as good or better of a route runner and a receiver, but I think more so we, we never heard anything like this Last year when he was when they were throwing to win, even in 2017, they were throwing a lot in these guys' directions. And if you feel like you're not even being given a chance to help your team win the game when you are one of the best players in the NFL, I mean, I could see where that frustration would be. Of course, not showing up to practice is not the way to express that. But I, it doesn't surprise me that you heard that it wasn't really personal or anything with Kirk Cousins, that it was much more about what they're trying to do offensively.
0: And it makes sense, right? I, I mean, if, if you are if you are a star receiver in this era of football, and I come to you and I'm like, okay, you're still important, but guess what? And you say what? And I say we're gonna pound the rock. You're like, what are you talking about? I mean, it doesn't even work really. So, they, and this is not to say that Dalvin Cook can't be instrumental, but I think what what Kubiak, Stefanski, and Mike were trying to show today is we can still, and, and of course, against the Giants, you can. We can still very much pass, and and ultimately. That's a good move because yeah, they're going to need to do that. I yep. mean, you're not going to have success if you go if you go against good teams. We, we saw it a week ago against Chicago. And you say, well, we're just going to run. Guess what? You're going to fail. So at some point in time, you're going to have to put the ball back in Cousins' hands and say, make plays. And the one thing he's got going for him is he does have two guys who can make a lot of plays.
1: And we've talked about this in the past. Pass to set up the run, not run to set up the pass. So um, an, an interesting locker room after where there was some defiance shown and some pointing fingers at media, which obviously, you know, just reporting what you guys are saying. But I think that there was frustration. Of the I was told that the, the frustration was much more at the debate shows who were you know, talking constantly about the uh, apology and everything else like that that got brought up several times on the broadcast, that that was more of the frustration. Like, they didn't feel that we reported things wrong. It was, how did we end up just by saying, hey, sorry, I overthrew you. How did we end up getting, you know, the quarterback called out and all those things? But that's what happens when you don't play well. So, um, okay, Judd, great stuff from New York. Is there anything else that you wanted to mention before you jump right on that plane? No,
0: no, no. I think we've uh, gone... with the whole thing. I'm just, I'm very curious now, because I, I think, you know, we, we saw Philadelphia in the Thursday night game a week and a half ago go into Green Bay and win. I'm Now, I, I think that that game is going to, and I know it's, it's at U.S. Bank Stadium, but I think it's going to at least tell us something, and my problem is, in you know, the Vikings win so far, I have learned almost nothing, and so this is going to at least give us something to uh, sink our teeth into and say, okay, that was either really good or bad, but it's not going to be like, well, Philadelphia is terrible, and right. I, I fear, but I fear, but and I might be wrong about this, by the time that we get to Washington again or something like that, it's going to be, okay, they're awful. But at least the Eagles are going to provide a real test and tell us something.
1: Oh, I definitely think these next two games mean a lot against Philly, and then uh, you also have the Lions coming up as well. So, all right, well, great stuff, Judd. Um, great to have you uh, on the oh, road. Oh, it's fun being on. At least for the football portion, the baseball portion. I apologize. Not go the, New your York,
0: way. the Newark Airport is very noisy. A lot of people who like to talk way too much, on the uh, in- intercom oh, here. i'm sure, not quite yeah, sure yeah. why they yeah. don't really need to do it that much i mean i just need a few here, <laughs> here and there they're just going constantly i don't need all this all right Jed. well thanks man it
1: sounded okay so you're you're good to go all come right. back to minnesota uh just like Diggs, you want to be in minnesota that's where you're gonna uh, say well, yeah, so, well, actually, you want to you know be
0: if i to be traded to, to wfan gotta be honest i think i take the deal yeah
1: maybe i i want to be traded to la from the weather report i've seen for saturday but let's just talk about that another it's not good I saw snow anyway all right Judd well thank you get on your plane Uh, we will uh we will talk to you next week it'll be all Eagles previewing with you so all right see you see you Judd thanks all right bye-bye all right well before we wrap up then I will mention Teddy Bridgewater went 26 for 32 with 314 yards and four touchdowns just leave you with that so all right we'll catch you later on Purple Daily
2: hi this is Chris Howard host of Plugged In with Chris Howard And don't forget, bet online for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts.